live, interactive, and here to assist you if you need help. Dealing with addiction, mental health challenges, and more. This is Road to Recovery with your host, Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. Stretch your legs, went to the bathroom, and here we are for another hour on the road to recovery. My name is Yona Bud. I'm your host this evening, 640 Toronto. We're in the studio with Stefan, and this is a um, Jason Chapman original production. Jason is our production person, our producer to this week and next, and filling in for Danny and uh, doing a great job. And by the way, he is the top of the top of the shelf in terms of our organization. He's head of production and. Uh, just really pleased that he had a chance to work with me, and uh, hopefully he's pleased with the end result. So if you're listening, Jason, thanks so much for all the hard work, and enjoy your family, and uh, be safe out there, brother, if you're driving around. You know, you got to know when it's time to pull back, right? You're hearing about it from a lot of uh, famous people, a lot of uh, athletes and actors. Um, you know, when, I'm, when I find myself, a uh, term I use is sometimes I'm just fried, um, I call, have my folks uh, uh, suspend my, my patients for the day, move them to another scheduled day, and I take the day to catch my breath, sometimes two days. Uh, sometimes I need, you know, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a Monday, depending on, on what, what's involved. But I know enough to take the time to step back, catch my breath, get my mental health in check, get my physical health in check, make sure I'm sleeping right, eating right, working out a little bit, Getting some exercise, being you know, t- being social, talking to people, being involved, being active, using my brain, or sometimes just shut it down. To be honest with you, sometimes they stay in my pajamas. To be honest, come in close, come in, listen, listen to me. Seriously, get in close here. Okay, sometimes I stay in my pajamas for a whole day and watch Netflix and eat all kinds of food I'm not supposed to. But don't tell my wife because she would be very upset. So that's sometimes what I got to do just to suspend my world for an hour or two, a week, sometimes three, four days, whatever it takes till I catch my breath and I feel like I'm ready. Listen in here to a clip uh, about a famous guy who's taking his own break, and we'll talk about it as soon as we hear this clip. So for those who are frustrated by my cancellations of the next shows, um, I'm just physically, obviously, not <laughs> capable of doing them. Uh, this is pretty serious, as you can see. Um, I wish this wasn't the case, but obviously my body's telling me I gotta slow down. And um, I hope you guys understand. And uh, I'll be using this time to just rest and relax and get back to 100% so that I can um, do what uh, I was born to do. And uh, I'm gonna get better. And I'm doing all these facial exercises to get my face back to normal. And um, it will go back to normal. It's just time. And we don't know how much time that's gonna be, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be okay. Well, if you don't know who that is, that's Justin Bieber, probably one of the best looking young male singers and stars out there yeah he had some issues he's pulling the plug actually on his world tour Um, and the purpose for sharing this segment with you all is i want to get clear understanding that it's it's okay it's okay to take a break it's okay to call your boss and say i'm having some anxiety i'm having some mental health issues i need some time off it's okay to say that it's okay to ask for that kind of time off you got to know 
when that time is. 416-870-6400. Have you found yourself in that situation where you're just a little stressed or maybe a lot stressed and you need to take some time while he's pulling the plug on his world tour, saying that he makes his, he needs to make health his priority. Well, you can imagine what it's going to cost him in lost revenue, not that he needs it, but that shouldn't be the consideration if you're, if you're in a position where that doesn't have to be the consideration and you're able to take the time. It's, it's, it's the most valuable decision you could ever make. The Justice World Tour has been rolling along since March of last year. He's still got 70 shows left. It's going to run until the end of March. It's going to run until March 2023. And that there are shows that have now been suspended but will be rebooked. And his announcement uh, says that uh, his announcement, um, let me read it, small text, but let me read it here. Earlier this year, I went public about my battle with Ramsey Hunt syndrome, where my face was partly paralyzed. As a result of this illness, I was not able to complete the North American leg of the Justice Tour. After resting and consulting with my doctors, family, and team, I went to Europe in an effort to continue with the tour. I performed six live shows, but it took a huge toll on me. This weekend, I performed at Rock in Rio. I gave everything I had to the people in Brazil. And after getting off the stage, the exhaustion overtook me, and I realized that I need to make my health the priority now. So I'm going to take a break from touring for the time being. I'm going to be okay, but I need the time to rest and get better. I've been so proud to bring this show out and message for justice to the world. Thank you for your prayers, support throughout all of this. I love you all so passionately. You know, I, I, was, I, I do speaking, um, public speaking, keynote speaking, um, and I remember several years back, you know, getting up to speak in front of a fairly large audience of business people <coughs> about um, – performance type stuff you know I, I talk about uh things around uh, performance and motivation things around communication stuff around living in your own skin uh best better forms of communication um those kinds of topics um but i you know as i was getting ready to get up to the stage and speak i i was overtaken by an anxiety um an anxiety attack and i had a choice I, I wasn't sure I could get up to the microphone and, and, and speak, but I ended up doing that and spent 43 minutes or so uh, talking people through the anxiety attack I was having um, and how, you know, sometimes sharing is the better way to come out the other side. Standing ovation, everybody thought it was amazing, best speech ever, and frankly, I just wasn't sure I wasn't going to puke um, halfway through the talk or even able to get up there. Uh, but after that, I took a week off. Just to catch my breath, um, I hadn't been sleeping right. I hadn't been eating properly, and you can only imagine for a guy like Biebs, right? For a guy like Bieber, um, these tours, these—if you know anybody who's ever been on tour, if you've ever been, you know, part of a music, musical group or you know, roading, you know, doing the the heavy lifting for a band—it's um, it, grueling. The hours are grueling. The pace is grueling. The audience can be grueling. Um, it's not easy sometimes to get the sleep you need. Um, the significant reason, though, they say, according to the, 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 um, the folks at TMZ, they talk about the significant reason for his suspension is his mental health. He's been struggling for the past few years. It's taken his toll. Another reason is a scare with a partially paralyzed face. One would say, if I was, you know, I don't, I don't treat Bieber. I never have treated him, never met him, uh, face to face. But I would say that chances are that his, his mental health uh, drove some of his physical downfall and vice versa. Uh, so sometimes we get an illness, uh, something like that. You know, imagine a, a person like that who's makes his whole living uh, being beautiful. Uh, 
and you know he uh, suddenly his face is all messed up and he can't sing properly because his mouth is twisted and you know hard to deal with right just hard to deal with hard to figure out you know in, in my in my case I was able to take advantage of it and make it work but for many people they can't. So how do you feel? Do you take a break when needed? 416-870-6400 or 888-225-8255. Love to hear from you. I promise it's painless. No one's going to know it's you if you don't want them to. But please give us a call and share some of your thoughts. I, you know, I, I, I can't say enough how um, important it is to recognize when it's time to take a break. And I know I keep kind of rambling on and in my, in my, in my coaching practice, I, I, I talk to the executives and the, the high performers that I work with and explain to them that, you know, there's that taking a, a break, taking a, a vacation, taking a, uh, you know, some time for yourself, um, is probably a way to generate more revenue, more, more productivity, do a better, a better job of, um, you know, kind of keeping your, yourself in check, uh, you know, usually means you're doing a better job at work, right? Uh, usually means you're doing a better job at work. And, you know, if, if backing away from something, you feel like there's a cost to backing away from something, let me suggest, my friends, and I love you guys, listen to me seriously, um, making that decision, financial decision around taking the break is probably the best investment you could make in the long run. Because pushing through this kind of stuff and not taking the time, you end up generating not this. You end up not generating the quality of work that you'd like to like you'd like to. Or in my case, you know, I can't do good therapy if I'm in my own head. I can't do good therapy if I'm you know dealing with my own issues of anxiety or if my OCD is out of control for whatever reason. And I can always take it back. I can always take you know draw a line back to something I've missed in my self-care routine. And that's what we're talking about is self-care here. We're talking about taking the time to care for yourself. That's what self-care is. And you know, everybody's under the impression that self-care is, you know, you got to go to yoga and you got to watch what you're eating and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that that's self-care too. But sometimes self-care is just treating yourself to what you need at the time that's good for you. And I don't mean, you know, uh, you don't want to be burying yourself. You know, you don't want to take a day off work and drink all day or smoke a whole bunch of weed or worse, right? You, you, want, to, you want to be able to take that time and rejuvenate. You know, treat yourself to little things that, you know, make you feel good. You know, it's, it's, that, it's that, you know, stayed home from flu when you were a little kid stuff. You had the flu, you stayed home from school, and your mom gave you your favorite soup, and she made, at least my mom did, may she rest in peace, she, you know, would make me pudding and soup and toast and, you know, take care of me and put things around my neck to make me feel better. Boy, they really stank. She used to, I don't know, she used to do this thing with, um, I forget what it's called, it's, it's, a, it's a disinfectant. Anyway, she used to soak a cloth in a disinfectant and put it around your neck with alcohol to kind of get rid of the germs and make the, the fever break. Worked every time. But making that financial decision at this age as a working person, sometimes it makes sense to walk away for the day or two, even though there's a small cost to it financially for the period, for the short period. But in the long term, you just do better work when you're fresh. At least in my business, it's hard for me to do crappy therapy. At least for me, I don't do crappy therapy. I just want to make sure that, um, you know, I'm doing the best job I can and I'm being the best who I can be. And I can't do that 
if I'm overwhelmed by my own stuff. So pay attention to making sure you're eating properly, sleeping properly, getting exercise every day, communicating with friends, staying with friends, having some fun, some joy, things that make you laugh. That's how you get out the other side. And we wish Justin and his family and uh, all of his fans the very best. And hopefully we'll see him back to work sooner than later. And you know what? Good for him for calling it out and good for him for sharing it. Uh, as with others that have the kind of platform and following that he does. It's really remarkable when they take the time to share and, and risk, really risk their image by showing their vulnerability. When we come back, we're going to meet a really interesting guy. Uh, he's a candidate for City Council Ward 8, Eglinton Lawrence. His name is Evan Sembassivan. Sam Basavim, Sam Basavim, I'll get it before he gets on the show. Uh, really interesting guy. And we wanted him on air because of some of the platforms and work that he's thinking of doing. So we figured we'd share and chat together. We'll be right back. You're on the road to recovery. This is Jonah Bud, 640 Toronto. Addiction is a serious issue, and we take it seriously. This is Road to Recovery with Yona Bud on 640 Toronto. And welcome back. You're on the Road to Recovery. My name is Yona Bud. You've tuned in here to 640 Toronto. We thank you so much for being with us. We know you have other choices, and we're glad you chose us. Uh, before we just get to our segment here real quick, um, I wanted to share with you that, you know, uh, a lot of conversations about talk radio over the last uh, six months, various uh, networks, as you know, are doing a horrible job of maintaining their talk uh, their talk. Um, uh, talk show hosts. Um, I, I got to tell you, I am so fortunate to be part of this organization, part of Chorus and part of uh, 640 and Global, uh, working with an incredible team, Jason Chapman, who's in charge of production, working with us next couple of weeks, uh, Amanda and, and her whole team. Just um, I got to tell you that we are so committed to talk radio here. And the reason is because we believe that you need to hear from people real time, human beings like me, and obviously many that are much more skilled than me throughout the week, uh, but certainly uh, because we care enough to share. And I just want you to know when you're tuning in here, it's not just about you know which radio station you like best, uh, but I'll tell you, we are uh, probably the only network out there right now who are committed to real-time content, um, in- interacting with, with, with listeners and actually trying to make a difference in the lives of, of uh, Torontonians and Ontarians and Canadians for those that uh, global reaches across the country. So thank you for joining us. We take our job seriously, and uh, we're just so thrilled to have a platform to share with you all. Uh, speaking of platforms, my segue, his name is Evan Sam Basavim. Sam Basavim is his last name, but we're going to call him Evan because it's going to make it easier for everybody. Interesting guy. We did a show not so long ago about the fact that people weren't so interested in getting involved in city council and local politics. Here's a young man that stepped up to do the right thing at the right time, and he's joining us this evening. Um, Evan, thanks for joining us. I hope you're doing well, my friend. Thank you, Yona. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, and we're just going to skip to the last name and just call you, we're going to call you Evan if that's okay. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I go by Evan. 
<laughs> that's, that's good. I might go by Evan soon too because I'm looking at all the stuff you're doing and kind of really want to uh, just tell you that uh, your uh, the platforms and the things that you're working on, things like ending chronic homelessness and uh, and and you know ending uh, helping with the uh, dealing with the affordability crisis, fixing public transit. Although many people talk about that, we'll get to that soon. Improve community safety, create an economic impact office. Um, you got a, a lot of very challenging things that you want to do. Um, first question, my friend, is why Why do this? It seems like a thankless job. Not many people are stepping up to fill these positions. Uh, what do you got going on in your life that you decided, hey, you know what, I want to make a difference and step up and serve the people of the GTA in Ward 8? Yeah. So fall 2020, I lost one of my oldest friends to complications of homelessness and mental health. I'd known him since kindergarten. Uh, that affected me pretty pro- profoundly. I was already working in the mental health sector as I had for a number of years and losing someone to a preventable cause, one that I'd already dedicated my career to creating change on, hit me pretty hard. I knew I had to do more to make sure that others in Toronto and my community didn't have to suffer the way my friends' loved ones did. A lot of the change that needs to happen needs to happen at the municipal level. Uh, we need to invest in supportive housing. Uh, that is, provide the care that lifts people out of po- poverty, uh, gets people out of jail cells, out of hospital beds, into safe homes, into jobs. It saves money. It saves lives. It's the correct approach. The research shows it. We just need to get the job done. Uh, and I, I believe that I'm the candidate to do it. Well, I... I uh... <laughs> Remarkable. Um, you know, it's interesting because usually when I get um, folks on the air here that are vying for positions, it's all politics. Um, you know, you led with a pretty, a pretty, uh, a pretty big share, bro. Um, you know, that's a pretty big share that uh, you lost somebody and it impacted you, um, and you know, it had a, such an impact that you decided to to get on and, and get involved. Uh, I want to go backwards a little bit, though, Evan. You talked about working in mental health for a long time. Uh, can you share with me what what that means, like in what in what capacity? Yeah. So when I was 19, I started working with an organization called Jack.org. Uh, after opening up about my own struggles with uh, depression and anxiety, uh, Org is a student advocacy group, a youth advocacy group that works across the country at uh, universities and high schools to challenge the stigma surrounding mental health, uh, improve peer-to-peer support, uh, and uh, advocate for better services on campus and at schools for, for youth struggling with their mental health. Uh, I ended up working at an organization called Capitalize for Kids After, uh, not an advocacy organization. Uh, it's a nonprofit that uh, works with youth mental health agencies across the country to help them reduce wait times, reduce the staff burden, uh, increase the quality of care, ultimately helping more kids get seen sooner. Yeah. Uh, worked there for three years, loved that job. Uh, and if I wasn't running for office, I would still be there. I have a lot of love for that organization. So that's that's been my career to date. So the mental health sector is one that's still quite familiar to me. Um, you're trained in that area. You you went to school and got certified or diplomaed in some area. No, actually, I uh, I studied applied economics and business at Queen's University. So the consulting side that I did at Capitalize for Kids that worked quite well with it. I focused on public economics in school. Uh, right. I even did my my thesis on evaluating public health care, but that's a story for another day. Uh, yep. But yeah, uh, 
no, I had a no psychology training. I'm not a psychologist or that's not my background at all. I don't pretend that to be the case, but in terms of working with systems and challenging systems and figuring out the best policy proposals to, to get the job done. Yeah. I would say that my economics degree prepared me for that. Amazing. Um, you know, I don't want to really spend too much time on it unless you're okay with it, but, uh, you mentioned, you know, your own mental health challenges. Um, you know, you're taking on a potentially, you know, uh, we're hoping that you'll get elected or, you know, you're taking on a huge responsibility, a lot of public stress, a lot of people that are not going to like you, a lot of people that are going to like you. Um, you know, how are you going to keep your own mental health in check? Um, in what would be probably a very challenging uh, time, both leading up to and hopefully after the election, uh, leading to you actually performing the functions. Each and every one of us that runs for office knows what we're getting into. Uh, and many, many people before me, many politicians that serve have, have talked about their struggles that they've had in office. I don't doubt for a second that there's going to be stress. That there's going to be 20 hour days. There's going to be times where you just need to pull through and, Throughout my life, throughout my struggles, I've, I've learned that resilience and that you end up getting fire hardened by, by the trials that you go through. I'm ready for this. Uh, no matter what, what gets thrown at me, I'm not worried about that for a second. I want to use this as a platform to show that whatever struggles you go through don't define you. Uh, they don't have to be a cap on your performance. Uh, very competent people who can change the world still struggle. And that's important for us to see. No one's impervious to, to mental health. I love it. Uh, real quick, we don't have that much time. We're going to have you come back, though, for sure, if you're okay with that. Um, what, what city program that's underfunded, what, what, which one do you think would have saved your friend? What cracks did they fall through? It's hard to say for sure because to talk about a policy and bring it down to an individual case, I, I hesitate with. But what I would say is we need more supportive housing. Uh, I would say what my friend needed was individual care, recognizing that uh, sometimes housing on its own is not enough. Sometimes people struggle beyond uh, just needing to find a home. They need the mental health care. They need help finding a job. They need an address that they can go to every day uh, in order to improve their chances of getting employment. So it is that supportive housing piece that I see that, that could have helped him quite a lot more. Uh, I try my best not to play the what if game because we do have to recognize what's happened has happened. But going forward, I think to prevent more cases like this from happening, it's supportive housing. Real last question. I heard uh, through our um, through uh, Jason, who put together the show, who you know, he said that you let your driver's license elapse because of uh, a road rage issue. Uh, the next couple of segments, actually, after you, I'm uh, talking with my friend Sean Shapiro, who's a police officer. We talk about road rage all the time. Why did you give up your license? Oh, uh, I will say it didn't have anything to do with road rage. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, but that's true. Yeah, I don't. I don't drive. I, I bike. I take the transit where I need to go, like many Torontonians. Uh, road rage is definitely a thing in the city, and uh, I would say uh, when I'm out on the street, it's something that that I'm concerned about. When I talk to residents, they're concerned about. Uh, excited to hear the rest of your program where where you talk about it, and don't want to steal your thunder there. But but absolutely, we're going to have to learn how to share the road better, whether it's between buses and bikes and cars and scooters. Uh, we need a harmonious, comprehensive transit system if we're, if we're going to build a better city. 
Well, stick around and tune in because uh, we're going to talk about some stuff that is absolutely bizarre. Uh, I'm talking to um, to Evan um, Sam ba, Sam Basavim, ben Sam Basavim, who is uh, Ward Eight uh, City Councilor, uh, wonderful young man. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, really happy to have you on the show. We're definitely going to have you come back um, for another segment. When we come back, though, we're going to talk for a couple of uh, segments on road rage, some really crazy stories out there, uh, and we're going to share that with my friend Sean Shapiro, who is the TikTok cop. After the break, you're on the road to recovery. This is Yona Bud, 640 Toronto. You're listening to Road to Recovery with Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. And welcome back. You're listening to the Road to Recovery. My name is Yona Bud. I'm your host this evening here at 640 Toronto, 416-870-6400 or 888-225-8255. Any experiences with road rage? You ever been in a situation where you or someone else maybe was the rager or someone was raging against you? I remember... Not long ago, a year, maybe two and a half years ago, I was coming home from before the pandemic, just before the pandemic, actually just before I was fired. Uh, I was at another network and uh, coming home late at night after finishing our show. My wife was with me and we were coming up the Don Valley Parkway, um, I don't know, about 1130 quarter to midnight. And uh, I guess I maybe changed lanes in the wrong way or didn't signal properly. Anyway, I somehow annoyed some driver and his buddy uh, who were racing up the Don Valley and continued to follow us, um, uh, you know, continuing to to, uh, to to follow us all the way up the up up the up the uh, the, the Don Valley, um, trying to get in front of us, trying to get behind us. I couldn't get their license plate because it was dark, and I, the way my cars sit up, was, I, I have an SUV, so I was up higher than the small vehicle that they were driving in. Anyway, they chased us right off the Don Valley. As I got off on Steels, they chased us along Steels, got out of their car, started pounding a, uh, started pounding a, on my door, on my window, trying to get in the car. I had 911 on the phone, uh, the entire time up the Don Valley. So they were keeping track, trying to get an officer to me. I ended up had to, um, um, and I, I, I don't, you know, I, I ended up being, um, stuck, um, you know, I had to go over. I had to go over a sidewalk, up, up over a sidewalk, around a median. It was, it was, wasn't cool. Uh, we weren't able to, um, to, uh, to get away. But we finally managed to turn around. By the point time the police got there, they called. They moved away too. Um, I had obviously some weapons in my car for whatever reason and uh, chose not to deploy any of them. Uh, my wife was with me. I just wanted to get out of there. But some crazy stuff's going on, right? Some crazy stuff going on uh, out there and um, having, a, having a problem, right? We're, we're having a problem uh, with the way people talk to one another and it's, it, it becomes an issue, right? It just becomes a big issue uh, with the fact that um, uh, we're not able to... Uh, to keep ourselves together, to keep ourselves in check. Like, I don't get it. I just don't get why why we just keep, can't keep ourselves together, right? Um, anyway, so you got to be so careful out there, right? You know, it's, it's, it's just, you got to be careful. Listen to this. On Friday, this guy, on Friday, Magda Sozda, uh, as a floor, started out like every other day at the shop, but then she received a phone call no wife ever wants to receive. 
She says, I got a strange phone call from one of my neighbors saying that Justin, her husband, had been run over. Stoza told Global News one afternoon in front of her building. Moments before her call, her husband, Justin Smith, was at the Westway Plaza near Kipling and Dixon, picking up chicken burgers and french fries for her and their two young boys. He spotted a car parked in a fire route. Smith says he told the driver he should probably move his car, then got into his own car to drive home. He says the driver didn't say anything to me, he told Global News, so I really didn't think anything of it. But the driver began to follow him, he says, pulling up beside him at an intersection and um, uh, where, he, where they exchanged heated words, then following Smith to his apartment parking lot. So he kind of knew something was on, he says, according to Smith, but he knew it wasn't going to end nicely. So he tried to enter his building on foot through the front entrance where there might be more witnesses in case of anything, in case anything went down. But the driver, undeterred, stepped on the gas and sped towards him. I just had this thought of, oh, I'm going to, it's going to go around me. He's not going to hit me. He's going too fast. It's literally, he was going just so fast. There's no way he was going to hit me. I remember hearing the engine rev and him coming into me. But even at that millisecond before the car created the impact, you just don't believe someone's actually going to drive a car right into you. Not sure what's going on. He grabbed his leg in the moment and realized his whole shin was flattened. It was just chaos, blood-curdling screams. It was the most intense, excruciating pain I've ever experienced in my life, Smith says. The driver with a cracked windshield fled to the scene. Fled the scene. Smith was sent to hospital with severe injuries, including to his leg and wrist. Doctors, he said, told him recovery would take up to nine months and he may never walk normally again. He just told the guy, maybe you should move your car. You're in a fire, a fire zone. That's all he did, right? A massive blow to his family because of the full-time Canada Post mail carrier and his part-time Uber driver is the primary breadwinner of the household. Toronto Police Service say they're now investigating the incident as an assault with a weapon, the weapon being the vehicle, and are looking for two suspects, a black male, a driver, and a white black male who was the driver, a white female who was in the front passenger seat of the car. Police described the car as a silver four-door Honda Civic. There's a video online that you could see. If there's something there that you see that you think you can be helpful in the investigation, please reach out to Metro Police or Crime Stoppers, as it should be. We're having some difficulties finding Sean, uh, our police officer friend. Uh, so we're just going to continue the segment um, with talking about the things around road rage that we really need to talk about, whether uh, we have a cop on with us or not. And really what we need to talk about is, you know, how does it get the best of us? You know, I have a, I have a patient who I've been chatting with lately, and we've been talking about some of the things that really irk him uh, and cause them to want to drink and use drugs and you know, live an unhealthy life and, you know, kind of numb the pain. And one of the things he talks about is, you know, bad drivers. And, you know, what I said to him is, you know what, like, it's not your job. <laughs> like, it's not your job to to manage bad drivers. It's not your job to try and uh, right the wrongs of the people that are out there. That's the job of police. That's the job of professionals. So you're best to stay away from stuff. You know what I do when people are flying by me? I slow down. I let them go. I chill. I don't get upset. I don't worry about it. I just guess in my own mind, it's just a question of time before that person is going to end up either dead or killing somebody else or both. 
It's not funny. It's a real issue. And we have to understand that road rage is something that will, will, will be, you know, um, it's, it's not going away anytime soon. I remember, you know, back in the day when I didn't have my life together, I'd chase guys up the road because they'd cut me off, honking my horns, you know, waving my hands. But that's before people carried guns and got out of the car and stabbed you with a knife or hit you over the head with a baseball bat. That's what we're dealing with now. We're dealing with people who are out of control. And then because they're so out of control, they, they get angry with us because we get angry with them. Next thing you know, you're in a really bad spot. When we come back from break, I'm going to tell you how bad that spot gets for somebody. And we're going to continue here on the road to recovery. My name is Yona Bud, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Road to Recovery with Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. Boy, time flies when you're having fun. You're on the road to recovery. This is our last segment of the evening. It always makes me sad. You're listening to Yona Bud here at 640 Toronto. Thank you for joining us. If you need to reach me at any time, you can reach me at 877-777-5808, 877-777-5808. I'm free to chat with you about things you need some help with. I'm free to come and speak at one of your engagements or something. Just feel free to reach out. We'll help in whatever way that we can. Speaking of which, it's now 1047. Do you know where your children are, your loved ones? If not, your pets included. If not, you need to go find them. If you can't find them, you should probably call 911 if you think they are at risk. Um, we're going back to this discussion about road rage. Um, and I want to I want to read you something here, and then we're going to play you a clip. Uh, but the police are searching for suspect after shots fired during Highway 401 road rage incident. Police are searching for a driver who allegedly opened fire on the Highway 401 Wednesday morning during an alleged case of road rage that resulted in a Pickering Elementary School being placed in hold and secure. The incident happened around 9.30 a.m., not any late-night stuff, folks. This is first thing in the morning in the eastbound collecting lanes near Kennedy Road. God, I go by there all the time. According to Sergeant Kerry Smith of the OPP, who's their spokesperson, the victim said the driver of a black BMW X5 rolled down the window. Then they reportedly saw a gun and heard a shot fired, he said. No injuries have been reported. We're following up on information on that suspect. Parts of the 401 and 404 near the Don Valley uh, were close. Um, earlier the day for about an hour as police investigated highways reopened shortly after one o'clock Durham police have confirmed to CP uh, to the uh, uh, news bureau that their investigation into the shooting led them to a house in Pickering on Glengrove which is in Kingston and Liverpool Rose. the part of the investigation resulted in the neighboring Glengrove public school being temporarily placed on hold the order was lifted at one o'clock no confirmation at this point if any arrests have been made if you know anything about this Contact the OPP at 416-235-4981 or Crime Stoppers. You can do that anonymously, 416-222-TIPS or 8477 or online, com. if you've seen anything like that. But I'll tell you, listen, man, you got to be careful out there, right? We can't, it's not like the old days where you could throw up a finger and, you know, you kind of just threw words through a window and people moved on. People out there have guns. They got weapons and stuff. And, you know, if they're upset with you, they're going to vent their frustration in a very real way, in a very dangerous way. And it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Right? 
Have you ever had any been guilty of road rage? Anybody been road raging you? Give us a call here, 416-870-6400 or 888-225-TALK. We need one call this evening before we close or I might lose my job. I don't want you to feel guilty. No guilt there. But give me a call. Quick call, 416-870-6400. We want to make sure the phones work and that there's someone listening. Did a police officer ever witness something that you saw and then drove right by? That would certainly annoy you, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that cause you great aggravation if something horrible happened on the road and there was a cop around and they just went by you? Well, I had a long conversation, actually not so long, maybe a 12-minute conversation at the Indy uh, not that long ago with my friend uh, Sean Shapiro. We talked about Ray Rage. Have a listen. If you're so angry, and a lot of people say I get angry when people do something to me or they cut me off, it makes me angry. Is that rage or is that somewhere in between? And when, when do you truly call it rage? When your anger is out of control. When, you, when you're no longer making when, when rational it's, when, it's no, when it's no longer about your anger, and it's more about taking out your anger on others. So as that rage builds, your desire to cause harm, your desire to get your point across, your desire to show that you're superior on the road is overtaken, is, is now caught up in your rage moment. It's not logical thinking, right? you got two little kids in the back or your wife or your buddies or whatever. Clearly, maybe a box of beer because you're on your way to the cottage. You know, if you think about that, it's not a smart time to be acting out on a highway, especially today with the kind of laws that we have. Well, there you go. We had a little segment there. He and I met at the uh, – we did a – we did a, a segment for his uh, podcast, podcast, the Toronto uh, uh, Traffic uh, Podcast. It was cool, though. We did it down at the uh, at the Indy, as I said. Um, I was sitting on top of a large OPP um, Harley Davidson road cruiser motorcycle. They're they're gorgeous. They're just they're beautiful. If you like motorcycles, they're gorgeous. Um, I'll be honest, though, I tried to get on it by myself, and I couldn't. I needed help. Someone had to help me get my leg on, and Sean had to help me get my leg off. But it was fun, and we talked a lot about uh, road rage. And, and I want to share some more with you about some of that stuff. If you find yourself in a situation where someone is aggravating you or annoying you or just causing you to feel angry, and you're in a car, and they're in a car, recognize that you're now driving a lethal weapon. So are they. We saw how it almost killed someone. They ran the guy over. And how it can be used as a turret or an opportunity to launch a weapon from while you're on the highway in a vehicle. It's not worth it, my friends. I love you guys. It's just not worth it. It's not worth getting aggravated or getting hurt or putting yourself or your family at risk. I mean, you see people raging with children in the back seat. Like, seriously? You need to step back. You need to breathe. You need to recognize it's not your battle. So they cut you off, or they took the lane, or they took your parking spot. So what? Move on. You have to prove that you are the superior one. You have to be the the road cop. It's not your job. Unless you're being paid to be a cop, don't be a cop. I tell people all the time, unless you're being paid to be a therapist, don't be a therapist. Don't pretend to be something you're not. Just move on. you got to let the ragers rage by you not rage to you or with you. Don't get caught up in their nonsense. You're not them. Whatever they've got going on has nothing to do with you. You can only imagine that some guy or some woman left, a home, left their home in an upset mood before they were on their way to work in the morning and the first person on the highway that looked at them sideways that maybe even looked like their wife or their husband is going to bear the brunt of it. It's going to bear the brunt of this road rage attack.
So how do you manage it? You just let them go by. I'll tell you, when I get on the highway, I was telling somebody the other day, when I get a, I have a, a, a coaching company, a company I provide coaching for, and every couple of weeks I've got to get down to the bottom of the Don Valley Parkway. I live in Thornhill. <clears throat> so it's a trip down the Don Valley Parkway, the 404 and the Down Valley Parkway. So I prepare for it, right? I prepare for it. I have a bag of food with me. I have some snacks. I have some, you know, some treats. I got something to drink. I got my CBD beside me. I got at least a half a dozen people I can call. Right? There's people I can call. I've set up, I set up that I'm going to call you sometime between eight and nine thirty. So I, I, I give myself 90 minutes for less than a 60 minute drive. So if something goes sideways, I'm not, I'm not all messed up. I let the world go by me. I'm that guy in the, in the, in the, in the slow lane. That just lets everyone go by me. I'm the guy you honk at because I should be moving faster. You know what? Never mind how fast I should go. You just focus on how fast you should go. This stuff is serious, my dear friends. You got to pay attention to it. You got to keep yourself together. Keep yourself calm. Let your children see. Oh my gosh. You see parents on their way to school with their children in the back seat, maybe carpooling, honking and, and, and raging at the people in the parking lot, trying to get their kids in and out of school. Your kids are going to do that too. If that's what you do. That's what they're going to do. So be, be careful. Pay attention. It's not worth it. Take a breath. It's only going to take another minute or two to let the idiots go by. You'll get there safely with a lot less. Agida, as my friends would say, my Italian friends, aggravation and heartburn. So listen, we're going to see each other again next week. We've got a whole bunch more stuff to do. Jason's going to be producing with us again, so it'll be another great show. Uh, hopefully all of our technical stuff will be worked out. You never know. It's just equipment, right? Things break once in a while or go sideways. But um, we love having you. We love being here. We love representing uh, voices of others, sharing information to help us come through the other side of stuff, uh, not alone and with a little bit more skill and strategy and a little less aggravation and stomachache. So listen, be good to each other, right? Hug the one you're with. Love the one you're with. Tell them so. Give your kids a hug and a kiss. And like my mom used to say, may she rest in peace, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Get out there and spread nice. We'll see you next week. I'm Yona Bud. You're on the road to recovery. This is 640 Toronto.